Welcome to Married to Murder. I'm Clint. And I'm Summer. And we're a true crime podcast. Where I tell him all of my favorite true crime stories, and he's hearing it for the first time, just like you. So sit back, relax, and enjoy a tale of murder. Welcome to episode nine, everyone. Uh, We are back again with another tale for you. We're excited to be back. And today we are talking about the death of Gregory Biggs. Ah, Gregory Biggs. Why does that sound like a porn star name to me? (laughs) (laughs) That's not what I thought you were going to (laughs) say. I mean, I'm I'm sorry, but it does. It kind of does. Now, I didn't (laughs) research this whole case and never had that whole thought at all. Well, hello, Mr. Biggs. (laughs) (laughs) There might be one with that name, and we just don't, well, not... I doubt it's the full name, but maybe the last name. I am not putting that search into my Google history. I'm sorry. No, thank you. (laughs) That's information y'all will have to find out on your own. Feel free to Google. Feel free to let us know if there is or not, but I'm not putting that into my search history. This poor man. All right. Now I'm all distracted. Are y'all hot and bothered by Mr. Biggs over there? That's Grace. (laughs) Any other random things you want to say before I start (laughs) Uh, no, no, I'm good. I'm sure I'll pop up with some more later on there. I'm so excited. <laughs> I am scared. You should be. You should always be scared while I'm around. All right. Okay. This on, is what she has to put up with on a daily basis, y'all. You should feel sorry for her. <laughs> his coworkers pray for me. They they really do. They call her a saint. <laughs> they barely know her. <laughs> they know me. Well, I mean, I guess they don't know me, know me, or they wouldn't call me a saint. (laughs) Exactly. I was about to say. All right. Okay. Tell me about uh, Mr. Biggs Hill. Oh, God. You're going to do the accent. No. (laughs) Hush. Don't pick on me. I can pick on you. You can't pick on me. That's how it works. (laughs) You're the one that's in this little perky mood today. So? Too many monsters. I've only had two. No more than my normal allotment. A little perky. All right. On October 26, 2001. Oh, we're going way back in time. Just a wee bit. 25-year-old CNA Shantae Mallard was driving home from her friend's house in the early morning hours. Why does Shantae just even sound like a CNA's name to me? Tell people what a CNA is because people don't know sometimes. CNA is a certified nursing assistant, not an actual nurse. Exactly. So make sure y'all know the difference. You got CNAs, you had LPNs, you got RNs, and then you got nurse practitioners. Look at what you've learned over the years. Oh, I've only been married to a nurse for the past 10 years. I've been a nurse longer than 10 years, baby. Okay, 12 years at this point. I'm sorry. <laughs> As she dr- Long enough to know the difference, damn it. <laughs> As she drove along Freeway 287 toward Village Creek, she heard a loud noise, and a man flew into her windshield. Okay, where are we at again? Freeway 287? What? We are in Fort Worth, Texas. Okay, okay. Texas, again, really? hmm On March 6, 2002, Shantae was arrested for the murder of Gregory Biggs. So was it murder or just an accident? I'm going to call it early. Suicide. He jumped from the overpass and just happened to hit her car on the way down. That's what you're going with? Yeah, at the moment, with the very, very limited information I have at the current time. All right. We don't have much on Shantae, but uh, she was Shantae Jawan Mallard. 
She was born on June 22nd, 1976, and she was from Fort Worth, Texas. Okay, okay. Gregory Glenn Biggs was born August 16th, 1964. He had been married, had a son named Brandon. Brandon Biggs. Mm-hmm. God, this is a family of porn star names, isn't it? Well, you're just taking that last name and running with it. You damn right I am. I got to run with something. In the past, Gregory had worked as a mason, but at the time of his death, he was homeless and staying in a shelter. Oh, Mr. Biggs had a, fell on hard times. Yes, sadly. He was 37 years old when Shantae hit him with her car. Ouch. The night of October 25th, 2001, Shantae and her best friend, and I'm going to screw up this name so bad, y'all. I'm going to try and say it. It's Spelled out first. <laughs> it's T-I-T-I-L-I-S-E-E. And I feel like any way I say it, it's going to sound like a bad word. Look, I have numerous customers I've been to over the years with my job that have peculiar, yeah, peculiar names like that. And I apologize right off the bat when I'm talking to my customers, saying it the first time. And honestly, more often than not, like, look, I know my name's tough. I'm sorry. But you did. I actually did pretty good trying to pronounce it. I appreciate that. I, know, I mean, most people know. Like, yeah. I don't get upset when people mispronounce my name or misspell it. Yeah. And even our last name. It, you know, that's how we weed out telemarketers and whatnot. If you can't pronounce the last name, you don't know it. You know? Exactly. So I'm going to say, the good thing is she does go by T. So for the rest of the case, we're only going to call her T. I have two coworkers that go by T in the office. Big T and little T? Medium T? Mm, no. We've got one that's a guy in IT, and the other one is our main supplies and um, kind of customer relations person. I know who you're talking about. On the second one. Yep. All right. So back to our case. It's Shantae and her friend, Tiltasee Fry. That seems like a safe pronunciation. We're, we're going to stick with tea. Yeah. She goes by tea. They were drinking, smoking weed, and taking ecstasy at T's apartment. Well, that just sounds like a hell of a fun time to me. I don't know if it was the best plan. Uh, it's probably not, but it sounds like a fun time. So they decided to go to a club, and I had to throw in the club's name because the names in this case are just amazing. They went to Joe's Big Bamboo Club. Really? Joe's Big Bamboo Club? That was the name of it. What the hell? That's that's interesting, to say the least. I'm not really sure why they named it that. But that was the name. Well, obviously, Joe thought he had some big bamboo. I mean, come on now. It's common sense. I'm going to have to pull your mind out together for the rest of this Too late. episode. You know, once it goes there, there's no bringing it back for quite a while. Oh, my gosh. We're going to run so many people off. I hope not. <laughs> Hopefully, they'll like your sense of humor. It, if y'all hate on it, please send me the hate mail. I want to see it. I want to know. Oh, my God. Haters make me famous, as they say. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. You're so crazy. All right. So when they're, they're at, you know, the club, they're obviously continuing to drink and smoke weed. When they get ready to leave, T decides, you know, Shantae is not, you know, up to driving. So she takes 
Shantae's car, and she drives it back to her apartment. Okay, reasonable enough. But once they get there, Shantae's like, I'm not staying, I'm going home. So she decides to drive to her house alone. And I'm guessing this is where Mr. Biggs comes into the picture. Approximately a mile from her house, Shantae hits Gregory. Yeah, yeah, that sounds rather painful. When Gregory is hit, he becomes lodged in her car with his head and shoulders going through the windshield. Okay, um, question. You said we were on a highway? It's like a freeway. Okay, so freeway. Like inter- we call it an interstate here, but apparently they call it a freeway Interstate freeway. So we're talking 70-ish miles an hour, probably. I didn't actually say how fast she was going. She didn't let them know. And they don't do any um, crime scene reconstruction because of reasons that you'll hear in a minute. Well, I'm just, I'm trying to piece together things at this point where if you're on a freeway, most freeways, at least that I've encountered in the southern United States, have been 70 to 75 mile, mile an hour speed limits. And in some of the more populated and urban areas, they may drop them down to 60, maybe 55 in some locations. But for the most part, 70 is a safe bet. Yeah, we don't know exactly how fast she was going. She hits him. He gets stuck in her car. He's bleeding on the passenger seat and completely stuck in the windshield. She stops the car. Talk about fucking up the rest of your driving experience for life. Not great. She tries to remove him from the car. Well, wouldn't you? I would have called 911. Well, she had been smoking that wacky tent back and uh, doing a little bit of X throughout the night. So, you know, she may not have been the most sober person. And I'm going to venture to guess that maybe she had a few drinks at uh, Joe's Big Bamboo Club. Yeah, she'd been drinking for sure. Yeah, so we have quite a few mind-altering substances in the play here. Definitely. She is not able to remove him from her car. Well, I can't imagine why. But she drives home. With homeboy hanging out the windshield? Yes. (laughs) Wow. She drives home, pulls into her garage, and lowers the garage door. Wow. And he is stuck (laughs) in the windshield. Alive. Oh, homeboy's alive still? He's alive. He's alive, bleeding, moaning, and is asking her for help. (laughs) Wow. Shante, you idiot. Come on now. So she brought him home and is in the garage. And according to Shantae, his nearly severed leg was laying on her dashboard. Okay, so he went. Did he. Did she hit him while he was crossing the interstate or did he fall and she ran into him in that? He didn't fall. Okay. Yeah, he wasn't. It wasn't like you were talking about earlier when you said like he jumped like or anything like he didn't fall from above or anything like she just hit him as he was walking across the street. She never saw him. She says. Oh. I don't know that if she had seen him, that her reaction time would have been sufficient. Well, there's a reason they say don't drink and drive. 
and don't drink and drive, don't smoke weed, don't do ecstasy, <laughs> and don't combine them all. Oh, the number of cars I see going down the interstate, or more accurately, smell going down the interstate. Yeah. People completely disregard that. Oh, we know it, but they're not supposed to be. Oh, I know that. So Shantae calls T. T comes over. She's like, oh, hell no, don't be involving me in this bullshit. That's not what she did yet. <laughs> She's going to get there. They drive around looking for one of Shantae's ex-boyfriends to help with the situation she has going on in her garage. Oh, good Lord. Was T fully aware of the situation in the garage at this point? She tells her what happens. She brings her in. She sees him. I'm assuming uh, Mr. Biggs might be dead at this point. At this point, he's still alive. Wait, so... He is still alive. He is in her garage. He is groaning, making noises. She is going intermittently in and out of the garage, apologizing to him, but not getting him help, and he's not physically able to get himself out, so he is stuck literally half in her windshield, like half in the inside of her car and half on the hood of her car. Literally stuck in this windshield, moaning and bleeding. Okay, I've seen pictures of people that have hit animals at freeway speeds that have legitimately gone through the windshield. The mess that makes is astronomical. Like, I'm talking, you know, eight to ten pound goose literally totaling a truck. Mm-hmm. Because it went through the windshield. And this is an adult male. Oh, Jesus. And see, modern cars are supposed to be designed where they're not they're not supposed to throw the pedestrian up onto the hood. And this is 2001, though, remember? So. Oh, I'm, I'm aware, but even then, they were designed to not throw the person up on the hood and through the windshield like that if a pedestrian were to be struck by a vehicle. Well, she managed to do it. She was unfortunately successful, which I don't know. I don't know. He would have been better off at any former time if he had just been hit and like left in the street because he would have been found sooner. Probably, I'm thinking. Or hopefully he would have. T tells Shantae that she needs to call 911 and they argue. And she does basically what you said is that she left. And said, I'm not involved with this. I don't know about it. Peace out. Uh, she should have said something. She should have said that from the get go. But she doesn't call 911 herself. So she leaves him alive herself. So we have an accessory situation, though. Should have been. T will later testify that Shantae continued to drink and smoke marijuana as she was dealing with the situation. I can't imagine why. I mean, she just had a guy hanging literally halfway out of her car. He continues to remain trapped in her car, which was locked and in the closed garage. And I'm sure he had quite a few broken bones at this point. We'll get to um, what his injuries were. Eventually, Shantae's friend slash boyfriend, depending on... Which testimony you're looking at? Friend of the week, maybe. Yeah, he comes. Well, I mean, he's a better friend than most people have. He comes over to her house and she brings him into the garage. 
So okay. Cleet, Daniil Jackson then pokes Gregory Biggs with a rake to see if he was alive. Wait, Cleet? His name is Cleet, C-L-E-T-E. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> These names, though. <laughs> wow. And at this point, he receives no response from Gregory, and it appears he's passed away. Oh, good for Gregory, then. I mean... At least he's not suffering, poor baby. All right. So then Cleet gets his friend Herbert Tyron Cleveland to come over. Herbert, mm. Abair. It's Herbert. Okay, it is Herbert. Herbert, yeah. It's so, H-E-R-B-E-R-T. Hey, I've heard it pronounced so many different ways, especially well, yeah, but down this, here in South Louisiana. Yeah, that's in Louisiana, he would have been Abair, but because he's in Texas, he's Herbert. And we pronounce some stuff some really weird ways down here. We know that, but it's also fun sometimes. And we got some really good food. That's random. <laughs> what we not, do. Not wrong, but random. <laughs> all right. So all three of them borrow a friend's car because they can't take Shantae's car. They remove Gregory from Shantae's car and wrap him in a blanket. Uh, we're going body dump. Anyway. They load his body in the friend's trunk and drive to Cobb Park. They take his body out the trunk, lay him on the ground. They remove the blanket, and they later throw that away at a local car wash in the dumpster. Oh, they're doing a real good job of leaving a great trail of evidence, aren't they? On October 27th, Gregory's body was found. Two gentlemen stopped at the fire station and told firefighter Todd Breedlove that someone looked dead at Cobb Park. So he goes to the park, sees the body, and calls 911. Okay. The police see that the body is missing his socks and his shoes. So from that and his injuries, they get, okay, he was probably hit by a car. There's also no blood at the scene, so they believe that he was as... Accurately, they assess that he was dumped. Well, look at these people uh, figuring things out quick. Well, they did good on that, but then the case goes cold for a few months. Well. Because they didn't have any physical evidence. And, you know, he's sadly, if you're homeless or, you know, impoverished in various things, it is hard to solve those cases, unfortunately. Uh, yeah, I mean, the lack of information available about the various individuals involved at that point, yeah, I can see that. And it's also a stranger murder, so, or death, however you want to look at it. Like, it's, you know, those are the hardest ones to solve, as strangers. Yeah, the only no connection, connection to, uh, between Mr. Biggs and Shante is their car, the car. Which you would think she would get rid of. She could, Does she keep the car? She keeps the car. Does she continue to drive said car? I believe so. <laughs> so our case is cold until the police get a tip. On February 26, 2002, so about four months later, the police receive a tip stating that Shantae Mallard had been at a party and she was laughing and joking and said, quote, I hit this white man. Uh, just from that sentence alone, I... I'm going to venture to guess the race of the person, but I'm not going to say anything. Well, Shantae was African-American and Gregory was Caucasian. Okay. But I mean, it really does. It really doesn't matter. It's not no, like no, she no, planned it, it but it, it that's just matter. a quote that, you know, and look, good on these people for calling. Oh, yeah, Because the case had, was stopped. Had they not called and given them 
this tip that probably would have never been solved, honestly. The police are able to get a search warrant, and they go to Shantae's house. And they find Shantae's busted-ass car with a giant hole in the windshield, huh? It still had dents, and it still had bloodstains. Jesus. Had she gotten the windshield fixed? They didn't say, but they didn't mention that it was broken, so I'm assuming the windshield was fixed. But she still had the car. I can see leaving the dents. I get leaving the dents, like... You can get dents from anything. Yeah. I mean, I mean honestly, I would have got rid of if you financially could afford to get rid of the car. Which, I mean, let's just be honest. CNAs don't make that much money. So she probably didn't have a ton of money. So maybe financially she couldn't have got rid of the car. I get that. But clean up the blood stains. And blood can be rather tough to get out, especially if it's uh, been there for a few days. Well, I mean, I don't know. but So they... Also found where she had had blood on the passenger seat. Mm -hmm. They had taken the passenger seat out and brought it to her backyard and tried to burn it. But it didn't successfully burn, of course, and they left it. The police found that as well. This is not the brightest group of people. I can't say. They arrest Shantae for failing to stop and not rendering aid, and she's released on bond. After consulting with the medical examiner, her charges are upgraded to murder, and she's rearrested on March 6th. She was also charged with tampering with evidence. I can definitely see the tampering with evidence. Mm-hmm. So, Cleveland and Jackson, the two guys that helped remove the body, both take plea bargains and agree to testify against her. Hey, yo, man, we just helped dispose. We didn't actually do it. They actually, I mean... Herbert Cleveland received nine years for tampering with evidence, and Cleet Jackson uh, received 10 years, which, honestly, that's a pretty stiff sentence for somebody who didn't actually kill anybody. I'm surprised they got that. It, I don't disagree that it is a stiff sentence for that particular crime, but we also don't know any criminal history on them. I'm sure we could find it if we really wanted to. Well, that leads me to, uh, so Jackson, since being released for... This offense has been in and out of prison for firearm and drug-related charges. So we do know that he's a repeat offender. Okay, yeah. Generally, repeat offenders will get a little bit stiffer sentence. And they probably, just because that's what they got, they probably got out earlier. Let's be honest. They probably did not serve nine in ten years. Yeah, parole and whatnot. Shantae pled guilty to the tampering with evidence charges, but she pled not guilty to murder. And she's going to go to trial. Uh, They always think they got a better chance at trial. The assistant DA was Christy Jack. And she said, quote, she could have saved him. Doesn't that speak volumes about her character? Literally a simple phone call would have solved almost all her issues. That worst, she would have gotten a DUI. She could have got manslaughter, maybe. Well, he probably would have lived. Well, we're going to get to that. Prosecution witness testified that Gregory would have lived at least two hours after the accident. The Tarrant County Medical Examiner testified that Shantae brought, had, she had brought him to the hospital. He would have recovered from his injuries. An autopsy revealed Gregory had suffered a near-total amputation of his left leg and bled to death from the injury. So he actually died as a result of the blood loss from the failure to receive medical attention. So he absolutely would not have died 
had he received some form of medical attention. I mean, even throwing a tourniquet on that leg would have probably saved his life. They testified that even if he'd have been left at the scene and had a chance of being found. Yeah, you're more likely to be found laying in the middle of the road than you are hidden away in somebody's garage. Exactly. So that would have at least given him a chance to get some type of medical attention. But they, the wreck itself was not a fatal injury. It was the fact that he did not receive medical attention. Technically, in this particular case, it was. Well, I mean, saying like, if you or I had been hit and we had received medical attention, we would have been fine. Yeah. Would have been one less leg, but we would have been fine. Keep that gimp leg strong. Right. I mean, better to live with one leg than not to be here at all. Shante's defense attorney, Jeff Kearney, argued for leniency because she had no prior convictions, and he said that she was placed in an extraordinary circumstances. That she put herself in through poor decisions that she made while under the influence of foreign substances. She did testify, and she stated, I am so sorry, Brandon, as in his son, because his son was there. Okay. I am so sorry for what I've caused your family, and I'm so sorry for the pain I've put my family through. She also stated that drugs had ruined her life, and she wanted to get treatment. Mm, yeah, that's generally what drugs do, unfortunately. She testified, when I hit him, it was a very loud noise. All this glass started flying in the car, followed by a lot of wind, and the glass was just cutting at my skin, stinging me. You didn't notice the dude hanging halfway through the windshield? Well, my thought from that quote is, if you thought the glass hitting your skin was stinging you and that hurt, how bad do you think he felt? He was bleeding out with no pain medication. And basically lost a leg. Yeah. I mean, he had, he didn't have, at least she could, I mean, she could have given him some weed. Yeah. What model was taking the dash off? Or some ecstasy, so at least he wasn't hurting. Jesus, I mean, <laughs> she had her own built-in painkillers, and he had nothing. I feel bad for him. You know, that was awfully painful. I, I can't even imagine. I don't want to try and imagine how painful that was for him. It sounds awful. All right. The jury must decide between murder or if she's just guilty of not rendering aid. And the sentence for not rendering aid is only a maximum of five years which is less than her helpers got. So it's a huge difference. She could get max five years on the not rendering aid or 50 years if it's murder. Go with the 50. 50. All day. Go with the 50. The jury deliberated less than an hour. So the jury pretty much was clear cut then. She is found guilty of murder and sentenced to 50 years in prison. She's okay. eligible for parole after 25 years, which is 2027. So she's not that far off. Now, sadly, unfortunately, prison doesn't always rehab people that go there. You know, and that's well documented, too. But at least it gets the person off the streets and away from other people for a period of time. When she was sentenced, she shut her eyes and cried. Brandon Biggs was 20 at the time, and he was in school at Southwestern Assemblies of God for pastoral ministry. So that may explain how he could be so forgiving. He stated, to the Mallard family, we would like to, 
We would like to say that we are sorry for your loss as well. To Shantae, I personally would like to say I would accept your apology, and in return, I hope that you will accept my forgiveness and the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. So it was really amazing forgiveness for somebody so young. He sounds like a really good person. I mean, it doesn't take the sting of the wound away, so to speak, but you know, good on him for being the bigger person. All right, very much so. He did file a wrongful death suit. It was settled out of court, so we don't know the details. But most likely, I mean, I don't feel like she had a ton of money, so I don't know that that would have... It's probably just going to be a name only. I mean, she's in prison. It's not like she has these major assets that he can get. Being CNA, I'm certain that she did not have some sort of big bankroll sitting somewhere. Yeah, so, and I, and unless her family had some kind of money that we're not aware of, but we won't know for sure. But at least he got the, you know, it's settled. Yeah. So they actually turned this case into different, uh, it's been different TV episodes. CSI did an episode of it called Anatomy of a Lie. Law and Order has done an episode of it. Fargo did an episode. And so is, uh, you know, the show 911. Yeah, I remember that show. And there's actually been three films that are based off of this incident. One called Stuck with Mina Savari. And one called Hit and Run. And one called Accident on Hill Road. So basically taking the story and modifying it to fit whatever narrative the writers are wanting for that particular film or yeah. show. Yeah, exactly. I think the Law and Order, um, when I was reading this, I want to say that they said that that person actually lived in that episode versus died. Okay. I mean, if you're doing a fictional story based on true, you don't have to yeah, hold none it to of, the details. Yeah, none of them are like autobiographical or biographical. They're all just based off of the idea of what she did. Yeah. So basically, it's a combination of do you think this is flat out murder or is it just do you agree with the jury? It sounds like you do. I don't necessarily disagree with the jury. I mean, she definitely deserves some jail time and her actions are caused his death directly. You know, if she just hit him, stopped, you know, had a little freak out and then called 911. He would have lived. She probably would have gotten a DUI over it. But life would have continued on. But because she chose to keep driving and to run away from the scene and try and cover it all up and then, like an idiot, brag about it after the fact, you know, that's what got her put in jail. Can you imagine if you were driving down the road and you pass somebody and they're driving and they've got a person hanging out of their windshield? Well, I'm I'm assuming because it they'd gone to the club earlier that night that it's relatively late. It's at like night. three o'clock in the morning. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, it's like three o'clock in the morning. So, so generally speaking, there's not a whole lot of traffic on the road at that point in time. But still, I mean, she could have accidentally run into somebody easily. I mean, she. Did literally accidentally <laughs> run into somebody. <laughs> you know I mean? Like, so she could have passed, and there's no, maybe she did. She never said whether she passed somebody. I know she was only a mile from her house. 
But then she told everybody and nobody else. She told a minimum of three people. And these people either helped her or didn't turn her in. Well, I mean, sometimes people just don't trust the police or any other public service type people. Yeah. And sadly, they're brought up that way sometimes. I know. I hate that. Yeah. Unfortunately, not all police officers are bad. But then again, same sense, not all of them are good. And the same goes for EMS and fire, unfortunately. But that's kind of what it is. You said, unfortunately, all police officers aren't bad. But I think what you meant was, unfortunately, some police officers are bad. Okay. Thinking and talking are hard sometimes. <laughs> Give me a break. <laughs> Well, the point is, she could have stopped it. Yeah, and like I said, her decisions and her actions are a what directly caused his death. The initial hitting him, yes, was an accident. The continuing to drive after you clearly said something wasn't right. I mean, I'm sorry. I start instantly getting wind in my face and glass in my face while I'm driving. My foot comes off the gas, goes straight to those brakes, and I'm stopping. Well, yeah, but you also didn't have a person in your windshield. No. But even if she had the initial freak out of, oh, my gosh, I did this, and then she drove home. There was she had time if he lived for two hours to go, oh, crap, I can fix this. But to walk in, look at him, say I'm sorry, walk out multiple times. Like I said before, sorry don't fix shit. No, it doesn't, sadly. Yeah, what? I think it was, what, two or three episodes ago I said you can't unbreak a plate? You, you can't unkill a man. <laughs> Absolutely not. And if you can, you're Dr. Frankenstein, and you belong in some sort of movie and book somewhere, and stay the hell away from me. <laughs> well, for her sake and for his, I wish she would have made better choices that night. Oh, agreed. But, I mean, it also just, it's another warning. Make good choices. It's hard to, you know, she made several choices. And then continued, like T said, she continued to, you know, do drugs and drink and stuff rather than be like, holy crap, this is what this led to. So did she really want to get help for the drugs or is that just what she testified to? That's what she testified to. I mean, yeah, drugs and alcohol are fun and all, but nothing good ever comes of them. That's not worth it. Nope. All right, y'all. That is the death of Gregory Biggs. Sorry, it was such a short episode, but it was pretty clear cut and concise. I thought it was interesting, Uh, and I haven't heard it done a lot. It's definitely an interesting thing, and, you know, it's... And you wanted a soft one, because we haven't had (laughs) unsolved... You don't like the unsolved ones, so I'm going to try and do some more soft ones. Does anybody like the unsolved ones? I don't necessarily love the unsolved ones, too, but I really wanted to do Missy, because I wanted to hear your opinions on the video, so I will try and stick with some soft ones for a while for you. Don't give me a whole bunch of unsolved back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back, but give me a few solved in between each unsolved. I like the solved ones better, too. I'm not going to lie. I do. Because I like like it when the bad guy goes to jail. I like like knowing justice. I do. I love justice. I like it on TV. I don't like movies where the bad guy gets away. I like 
all my crime shows to catch people. <laughs> That's why I don't watch Disappeared a lot, because literally the definition of disappeared means that they are still disappeared and they haven't been found, and that, it frustrates me. So that's why I watched it, because almost every Dateline is soft. They very rarely do an unsolved, so that's why Dateline is the best. I don't watch it. So I know you I don't. don't know. I know. I need to trick you somehow. You're in there watching Dateline? I'm in here playing a game or watching something else on the computer or doing anything but watching Dateline. I know. I can't help you're boring. I, I can't help you. you're boring. <laughs> that's why opposites attract. That they do. All right. Tell them where they can find us. Well, I, I would hope any established listener would know by now. We got new people. Maybe they just picked this case because they'd never heard of it. Yeah. So. Fair point. Fair point. That's why we're going to keep saying it over and over. <laughs> um, find us on social media. Married the number two murder. Uh, we're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. All under the same name. Married the number two murder. And you can email us at... We can you can email us at married the number two murder podcast at gmail.com. And if um, you have any cases that we want to force Clint to listen to or that you want his opinion <laughs> on, you can let us know and I will be glad to research them and aggravate him because that's you know what marriage is. Just remember that. <laughs> <laughs> you aggravate me on a daily basis. I have to work for it. Oh, I do, do I? Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. I'm about to step my game up. No. <laughs> All right. Well, thank y'all for joining us. And remember to like. Download. Yeah, definitely download. Subscribe. Share. Give us some reviews. Tell strangers, friends, whoever. Not, not stranger danger, but still tell strangers. <laughs> that, <laughs> yeah, no stranger danger. Stranger danger leads to stories like we keep telling. <laughs> Share us on your Facebook. Be like, we found these crazy Southern people, and we want you to listen to them. Yo, come listen to these dumb rednecks talk about crime. <laughs> <laughs> You're a redneck. I'm not a redneck. I'm just, a, I'm a Southern Belle. Not really, but you know, I'm Southern. Southern Belle, you are not. Southern tomboy, you are. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, definitely. All right. Y'all have a great week. And we will see y'all again uh, next week for the next episode. Bye, y'all.